Hello, listener, and welcome to the Switch It podcast. It was all about that Bess, about that Bess, root double in the first test between England and Sri Lanka. Admittedly, with a little help from Leach, Lawrence, Broad and the rest, as the tourists took a 1-0 lead in the series and extended their winning run in the country. OK, so it's not quite sacking the gabatoir for the first time in 32 years. Thanks for upstaging us, India. But I'm sure my guests today would agree that England put in a fine performance. As ever, well supported by the Barmy Army up on the rampart of the Dutch fort. I'm joined once again by George Sabell and Andrew Fidel Fernando to discuss the good, the bad and the ugly of a game that seemed all but over after a session and a half, but somehow extended into the fifth day with all results still possible. How are we doing, gents? Uh, enjoying the Aussie schadenfreude this morning, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, hello. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure it's schadenfreude. It's just kind of... Uh, for you, it, I guess for, for England fans, it might be. For me, it's just like... just amazement at what England were uh, what India were were able to pull off I mean to have so many injuries to to go with I know a reasonably inexperienced team everything in in cricket history tells you that you don't win at the Gabba one and you don't win in a series in Australia without players who played repeatedly in Australia uh, and for an India team to do that was just uh, and and the way in which they did it I mean the fifth day was just compelling beyond any cricket I've watched for a long time to see, you know, Pujara wear all those blows and kind of draw the venom out of the Aussie attack. Um, and then for Rishabh Pant and, and Shubman Gill to play the innings that they did, Rishabh Pant especially, uh, to keep, you know, to take it deep and then have that the option of having a player who was incredibly aggressive to be able to take the game away from Australia. I mean, like, it, that's just a dream, dream series for any team in Australia. It's just... Um, the only series I think on par with that in terms of like just being a fantasy was probably Sri Lanka and South Africa a couple of years ago. Um, beyond that, I can't think of like any series that really compare to what India achieved. Well done for getting through that without laughing at Australia yeah. once. George? Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, for one thing, England, England supporters will probably be painfully aware they're about to play India in India. So, you know, they might want to keep a little bit of humility around the corner. Uh, and secondly, as I watched Australia and um, people sort of outside and sunshine and stuff, I didn't feel that sorry for them. Uh, but it was a brilliant test series. Uh, I don't really believe in karma. It's very hard to uh, explain Piers Morgan's continuing success and believing in karma. <laughs> but if you did believe it, or mother cricket, as people like to say, um, it came knocking for Australia pretty quickly this time, didn't it? But I actually thought, again, it was a brilliant advert for test cricket. That Australian bowling attack is fantastic. Utterly brilliant. So to beat them at the gather of all places is a fantastic effort. Really one of the great comebacks. Yeah, sensational scenes. Uh, there will be other podcasts, perhaps the entire podcast series on the subject. So um, keep an ear out for those. We will stick with um, England's tour of Sri Lanka. George, you couldn't be there in person, but how pleasing was it to hear England fan Rob Lewis bellowing Jerusalem atonally before the start of each day's play? Um, I don't know what to say to that. I, I mean, <laughs> good good for him. Nice. I mean, I'm quite jealous. I, mean, I don't know what else to say. Uh, nice for him to be able to watch some cricket. Uh, the England team genuinely seemed to appreciate it. Well, before we go any further, we are joined today by a special guest, England's one-man Barmy Army, Rob Lewis, who has spent the last 10 months in Sri Lanka waiting for the series to start. Hi, guys. What's going on? G'day. How you doing? So what happened? What, what, t- talk us through the story, if that's OK. How did you end up staying in Sri Lanka? Um, well, I, I originally came to see the two tests in March. Um, I was actually I was sat on the plane um, waiting to take off when I found out the cricket was cancelled. It was one of the last events, sporting events around the world to be cancelled, so it wasn't really much of a surprise. Um, but uh, fly fly out there I did. Um, there were plenty of other England fans dotted about doing the same thing. Um, so the week leading up to what would have been the first test, um, sort of um, the COVID situation deteriorated. Um the foreign minister is calling everyone home. 
Um, there's people panicking and buying expensive flights just to get back. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd been working uh, flat out for a couple of months to be there. Um, and I didn't fancy giving that up so easily. So I decided to stay. Um, the major factor in that was the fact I got my laptop and I can work from that. So um, that wasn't, that wasn't going to be a problem. Um, <laughs> and, that's, and that's how I stayed. I thought COVID would last a month originally. <laughs> but, um, Did it get to a point yeah. where you couldn't come home because there was no travel available? Um, there were there were always flights out. There was there was a stage where yeah there wasn't any flights till about July say. Um, there was the only flights home went kind of via Doha, um, but there was never a point where I wanted to come home. And um, I'd already formed the idea of staying until England came back. They were penciled in to come back like January twenty one. It was never confirmed until the end uh, the beginning of December, just gone. So I was I was like on a whim and a prayer, but. Um, I'm glad those prayers came true, though. I don't know how to break say, it to you, but the, the situation's no better. <laughs> so, um, what, are you going to wait for the next England tour? It's just actually got worse. Um, well, yeah, I was going to come home afterwards, but I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to come home to Tier 5. Um, I've been speaking to Chris from the Barmy Army. Um, uh, <laughs> India's on the horizon next month. That's behind closed doors, but um, we'll wait and see. We'll talk about that after the second test. Oh, nice. So you're thinking of getting over there one way or another? Uh, potentially, potentially. But um, yeah. we'll, have to, we'll have to weigh up the situation. But I've got so much stuff going on at the minute that I don't really want to... <laughs> my head's like quite full with doing quite a lot of media stuff and working for the Barmy Army. So What, what do you uh, do I'll, for a job? I'm a web designer. Okay. So you can kind of do that anywhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been pretty fortunate. I, I do that quite a lot anyway, so it wasn't uh, anything alien to me. Okay, so it wasn't it. some big midlife crisis that, you you know, you just you haven't just got divorced and ended up staying for longer than you thought. And... <laughs> no, but it does feel like it could be a midlife crisis. <laughs> um, no, uh, At which no, point no. does it, you know, does it become you've emigrated to Sri Lanka, you know, not just stayed on for a cricket tour? Uh, I, I, uh, my, my, the last visa I think is up in March. Um, I think, um, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to extend beyond a year. Um, there's the possibility of getting a residency visa, <laughs> but, um, they're, they're wow. a little pricey, but that would be, uh, that I've, I've thought about it would be quite fun, but it's quite an expensive thing to do just for fun. So um, we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. It's been really nice to watch how, how much the England team have genuinely appreciated you being there. Tell, tell us about the contact you've had with them, and particularly the phone call from Joe Root the other day. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. Um, uh, I, I saw that um, a few of the players knew that I was here before the game. Um, and then uh, just being up on the fort, um, trying to sing as loud as I can. Uh, not necessarily in the right tone, but, you know, just trying to get the point across. Um, yeah, just trying to make myself heard, give him a bit of a lift. Um, yeah, Joe Root's phone call was was very special indeed. He really didn't have to do that, and I wasn't expecting that. Um, to get a call from the England captain <laughs> was great. It was it was very surreal because I could see him. He was like, he was like 50 yards downwards <laughs> just there on the pitch. <laughs> But yeah, he was super nice. He was very thankful. Said all the lads appreciated it. Um, and uh, Don Bess actually sent me a message on Instagram saying thank you, <laughs> which was also good to hear because I've been singing his song as well. Presumably, I mean, this is this has all been quite surreal, but you know, it, it, enjoyable, w worth the wait. You know, after ten months. Oh, very much so. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I could take little moments in isolation, singing Jerusalem on my own. Um, on any of the four mornings that I did um, was was just magic. Uh, Root saluting me for his two hundred was just um, like a supreme moment. Um, that was that was really insane. Uh, even just clapping me after the game, the personal phone call, getting the messages from the players, um, just the whole experience of not being able to get in the ground and having to run around. Like I can look back and laugh a bit now. It was very stressful at the time. But all of these just kind of made made the whole thing worthwhile. I mean, I have to say, like, it's not been like a chore staying here for 12, uh, 10 months in, in an exotic country. 
Can you step things up in the second test? And instead of just barracking for England, I know that Fidel in particular would love it if you started to have a bit of a pop at the Sri Lankan players. What do you think? To take them on? Um, I don't think I could do that. I, I mean, I met, I've, I've met Mickey Arthur while I'm here. I don't think uh, he'd appreciate me started stating his players. I've, I've got too much respect. He's a really nice guy. So I, I'm going I'm to stick to... Um, uh, encouraging England players and uh, Schlanker can get on with their own business. Brilliant. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on, uh, Rob. Oh, thank yeah. you very what much. What have you got lined up great. this afternoon? <laughs> uh, I'm, it's, actually a, it's actually a work day for me, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just getting on with work. It's a bit of a crash back down. So in fact, one of, the, one of the days I actually spilled a drink on my laptop, so I had to go and get my laptop repaired this morning. That's cost me about 80 quid to get the keyboard fixed. Now you are sounding so, like a proper journalist. <laughs> We've all done that, mate. <laughs> We've all done that. <laughs> well, good, to be, good to be part of the game, eh? <laughs> Thanks so much. We're very yeah. jealous. Enjoy the second test. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. Cheers. Appreciate it. See ya. Back to the test. George, you were watching on from much further afield than Rob. Um, but what did you make of England's winning start? I, I thought it was... Um... A very unusual test match. I genuinely think that we have to be a bit careful about drawing too many conclusions from that game uh, because both sides went into it ridiculously undercooked and they probably didn't do themselves justice. It was as the the first, well, the Sri Lankan first innings uh, involved some of the, it seems really harsh to say this, but some really quite low quality test cricket, I thought. and I mean, you're I being diplomatic with that. One. <laughs> you put it quite low, politely. Low quality <laughs> test cricket is yeah. You're put, you're putting it in very nice. Terms. Okay, so it, so it was uh, a really quite low quality test cricket in a way, but I think you've got to cut them some slack and say you know England came into it with one day's preparation time, uh, which was an inter squad game. Sri Lanka in a way had even less time. I mean, at least England had some nets. Sri Lanka it seemed to rain every time they wanted to train. And they've just come from uh, South Africa. They lost the captain right on the eve of the game. There were, there were, a lot went wrong for them. And, and they did improve as the game um, progressed. We're in extraordinarily weird times. Uh, and I wouldn't hold that uh, first innings batting performance against them too long. But it undoubtedly defined the game. Yeah, Fidel, on, on that subject, um, to adapt a Mrs Merton question, what was it about 135 all-out in the first innings on a turning track that made Sri Lanka unlikely winners? Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay out some kind of mitigating circumstances first. So first of all, the goal pitch um, is... Uh, is is can be a bit cr- crazy on the first morning. I think if you go back through goal matches, the first kind of two one and a half sessions can be, you know, there are seamers in the game, uh, the the uh, the spinners. Also, it's not uh, it's kind of like strange, weird, tacky turn that uh, batsmen seem to, to struggle with. There are generally there are generally wickets in the first three hours of a goal match. Um, where I struggle to kind of excuse them is yes they just returned from South Africa but I asked Dimuth Karantna who was going to be the captain of the of the match but then you know didn't end up playing on the day before uh, whether that was going to be a problem and he he laid out you know very very strongly he said no it can't be a problem for us because we've played on these pitches all our lives how many goal tests have so many of these players played you know many many uh, tests um, and yes they were far from their best 11 Dananjay De Silva's not playing Dimuth Karantna didn't play um, Suranga Lakmal didn't play, but still, you know, when Dom best bowls the short, wide, long hop that I think like most club batsmen would would just that's like a dream ball for anyone to go down to like school level cricket. Anyone would love to get that ball, and for like Dequella to slap that straight to point, or for Kusal Pereira to get out the way he did. Uh, there are so many weird, weird, just mind exploding. Uh, dismissals in that first innings that really there there are no there are not enough mitigating circumstances to excuse any of that it was just any any team going down to like a 16 year old level maybe would be embarrassed of that performance and i think like from a test side yes very underprepared very uh it, because of covid they've had many 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 challenges and i i don't mean to kind of belittle any of those but even accounting for all of that it was awful. Yeah, the, that Dick Weller dismissal, 
um, it was so bad all round, really, because Dom Sibley nearly dropped. It looked like he didn't see it, and 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 you know fell over and just managed to hold on. Um, it's sort of the whole thing ought to have been accompanied by kind of the uh, the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme, kind of the umpa trumpets and all that. Um, I mean. Fidel, I can't help but feel that Sri Lanka overcommitted to the gag about turning up late with that start. <laughs> the lowest first innings total ever at Gaul. Yeah, uh, and and I think like they kind of it, it was they just they just weren't in the match, were they? Like until they started bowling, <laughs> they were not in the game at all. They were just. Um, I think also the fact that they were missing Karunaratna who has genuinely been a, a, a captain who at times can... Things have never been that bad under Karunaratan. You know, we've had kind of farcical tests from um, from uh, other uh, leadership kind of figures, but Karunaratan kind of brings a, le- a level of kind of stability to the, the team. So I think him not being there even in the dressing room possibly played... Or he was in the dressing room, but him not being in the 11 um, maybe played something of a role... Uh, but it was, I mean, I, there is just no way to explain what happened. And I think you saw what happened in the second innings where I think they batted reasonably well, not amazingly well, but pretty well the way they should be batting in goal. Um, and it showed, hopefully it, 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 it showed that, yes, the first innings was just an out-and-out aberration and that, um, and that they are capable of much, much better than that um, and yeah, I mean the the inconsistency is they they batted for example all four innings in South Africa were much better than that first innings in ball, um, which is like a really strange thing to say about a Sri Lankan team. Yeah, I mean, and George, it's fair to say that uh, Don Best, for instance, who took his his career best figures, um, his second second um, test five for on that first day, he admitted afterwards that um, he's bowled better for less reward. Yeah, I mean, he... Honestly, it's the softest first innings test five I've ever seen. I'd, I'd feel mean saying that because, what is he, 23 or ever? Good luck to him. 5.30 looks extraordinarily good. I don't know that it was much better than, say, Simon Kerrigan's figures. Uh, sorry, Simon <laughs> Kerrigan's performance at the Oval, which is, you know, sometimes... <laughs> not not for 57, was that? Something in eight overs, I think, uh, 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 which is sort of notoriously remembered as being awful. Uh, but Australia and Watson in particular went after Kerrigan and played him very well. Uh, there may have been a couple of full tosses and a couple of long hops. There were more than a couple of long hops, but there may have been two or three full tosses in there. But there were with Bess as well. Well, there is just a reminder that um, you've got to be very, very careful with stats. Uh, I mean, he, I thought he bowled really quite poorly, to be honest, not just uh, that he was flattered. I guess the promising thing is that those two England spinners came on during the game and I thought by the end uh, Leach was beginning to look really, really good. He was beginning to do what Leach does. And again, you've got to cut these guys some slack. I mean, Bess had bowled since August in a competitive game and Leach had played two first-class games in since November <laughs> 2019. But I did think that the most dangerous spinner in the match was Umbledenia. And I thought he looked really, really dangerous at times. Um, uh, you know, it was a bit of a freakish game, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, on the on the side of boys, uh, they they fizzed at least as far as the the figures are concerned. Five for a piece, first time that um, two England spinners have done that uh, in the same game since the Sri Lanka England's first test with Sri Lanka in nineteen eighty two, I think, um, which is kind of an incredible stat. I was looking at. Um, the win in Mumbai, uh, what eight nine years ago when when Pop, Panasar and Swan I think took nineteen wickets between them, but Monty got sort of eleven of them or something, and 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 Swan got two fourfers. Um, but uh, I mean, Leach said himself I think throughout the game that he was kind of a bit unhappy with his consistency. Um, they both will have bowled better, but they will both benefit presumably from getting a, a long bowl in that second innings. Oh, unquestionably, that's a, that's a huge factor. Look, bowlers need rhythm and uh, spin bowlers in particular probably want to bowl. I think Leach's confidence for various reasons might not have been where he wanted it to be. You know, it's an amazing story. If nothing else had happened in the last two weeks of cricket, that Leach story would maybe gain him more attention because it's incredible. I mean, he honestly thought he might die 
only 14 or so months ago. And to have only played two games, and everything he's gone through with having to remodel his action a few years ago, you know, under that fairly, um, under that mild-looking exterior, he is obviously a tough little fella. And I thought by the end he was bowled really well. Uh, and, yeah, we'll have come on for it. Bess is interesting. Sri Lanka have a, a, some questions to answer there. I, I get what they were trying to do. They were probably trying to be aggressive, trying to probably take him apart. I don't know that you need to do that. It's like people, the way people used to play mowing, who I think is a much better bowler. Uh, but the thing with mowing was that he would give you the odd dodgy ball anyway. So you didn't really need to attack him. Um, you just needed to sort of milk him and defend him. And oh, and what I think Sri Lanka did by trying to go on the attack so early, you know, obviously they tried to reverse sweep his second ball, uh, was give him an opportunity, which probably wasn't necessary because he was bowling every bit of one not very good ball and over. So they maybe need to just be a little bit less frenetic uh, because it didn't work at all. I just don't think you need to play him like that. And, and it makes me wonder whether... England might, just might, be persuaded to take a bit of a punt on mowing. So originally they said no way, absolutely no way. And that has softened a bit to, well, it's unlikely. And then Joe Root said, well, we'll look at it day by day. I, I sense a bit of a softening. And if you played him as one of three spinners, may maybe you could nurse him through the game. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, you would think, wouldn't you, Fidel, that... Um, the pitch for the second test might turn a little bit more simply because it's been out there in the sun a bit longer. But I guess the weather conditions haven't been as we expected. Uh, maybe it won't be so different. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're right. I think it would probably be at least a little bit more. It'll start off a little bit drier. Um, and I think now that Sri Lanka kind of have a good score um, in that second innings, uh, on a dryish pitch, they'll probably be. I mean, Sri Lanka. I mean, the way it works in Sri Lanka is that the team essentially dictates to the the curator what kind of pitch um, pitch to to prepare. It's the same way it works in New Zealand now, in South Africa, in in various parts of the world. Um, so I, I do think I do think that that it'll it'll start off drier now. I think Sri Lanka, knowing that they, as you mentioned, Ambuldenio is probably. Um, that was the best of the spinners on show in the first match. Um, and just having that experience of, of they probably they won't want to take England on on a, on a flattish surface. They'll want it to be kind of a, um, a low scoring shootout. Um, and they'll back themselves in that situation. So you're right. Um, it's, it's an interesting one on Moeen. I just want to pick up on that, that, that point because is it is it doing right by him is what I want to raise because he's had, I think, the new strain of, uh, of uh, COVID-19. What we heard from uh, Sri Lanka's medical staff in the LPL when Sohail Tanvir and uh, another player turned up uh, and they tested positive for, for COVID-19, they were like, they're out because although they'll recover and they'll be immune uh, after they were largely immune after they recover, they... Our advice is you shouldn't play elite sport for you know one or two months after you recover from COVID-19 because even if you have mild symptoms, um, it could still be doing damage to your lungs. It could still be doing damage to your system. So I would hope that England, if they are seriously considering playing Moin, they'll have done the test. They'll make sure that they're looking after him and his health uh, well. Um, obviously, Moin, I'm sure would be uh, would be keen to play, but. That is just an an additional thing to consider, I think, in this case. Yeah, of course it is, and uh, that's the key thing. I, I think they will as well. I mean, I'd be surprised if I'd be a bit surprised if he went home. Um, if I'm honest, you know, but if you rule him out for a month, he might as well go home, of course. But I would be a bit surprised if it was that long. They might look at the India test, but you know. It's impossible to have uh, a, an informed view, to be honest, isn't it? Because one, we don't know the medical details. I hadn't heard that it was the new virus, by the way. It might be, but I, I hadn't heard that. Um, I have exchanged a few texts with him. I mean, he just seems frustrated. He's, he's, he's very much fine. Um, I think that you, you would have to make a decision, you know, knowing all the facts, and you can't take a chance with someone's health. That's clearly true. 
Okay, I thought I thought I'd read that it was a new virus from one of your pieces. So if you hadn't heard, it might be me being misinformed. Oh no, so uh, I had asked. Okay. I had asked, but not recently. To be fair, okay. Okay. Uh, and right. they said okay. they didn't know. But the, the fact is that they haven't said for the last week, which maybe suggests that it. I, look, I don't have an opinion. I don't have an opinion. It, exclusively okay. revealed by yourself, uh, George, without <laughs> yeah. knowing about it. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, presumably, uh, knowing nothing about the medical side of it, there's a sort of a scale between being asymptomatic with it and then having kind of long COVID symptoms and, and you know, having kind of months of your life wiped out. But let's hope Moeen is um, right near the, uh, so, the more so benign the, end. The advice I had on it, because I had it in March, mm. uh, was to go the other way, actually. Now, I don't know whether the advice is just... So I, I ran like hell. I absolutely rad and rad and rad until to, to, to I get away that. from droplets and uh, that, that that did work for me but I, you know what do i know fidel on the subject of sri lanka's approach to playing english off spinners i mean best picked up two wickets in the first innings um against batsmen playing reverse sweeps he he almost got Matthews, I think, in the second innings uh, with one that Matthews tried to reverse uh, and it sort of spun back and, and missed off stump by, you know, a whisker. Um, it, I mean, is, is is what George is saying right about kind of a, there's a, a um, an overconfidence there or, or, or maybe not giving him quite the respect he, he deserves or, or is it just reflective of the way, you know, Sri Lankan players will play um, foreign spinners, overseas spinners? No, I, I think it's more a reflection of how they play. So I think for several players in this team, they're more comfortable reverse sweeping than like r- conventional sweeping. They'll play for Karunaratne is one, although he won't. He probably won't play the next test and, and didn't play the last test. Um, Angela Matthews, you know, will play the reverse sweep more often, I think, than he'll play the conventional one. Um, uh, Kusal Pereira is another one who's like that. Who'll play, and it's it's a shot that that brings them a decent amount of runs. It's not like, it's, you know, in their thinking, uh, Nirashan Dekwela again, another one, um, is in their thinking, they don't think of it as a particularly high-risk shot because this is the generation of players that grew, that kind of uh, grew up or, or the their games were forged in the kind of early aughts, mid-late aughts, uh, where reverse sweeping had just become a normal thing to do in Sri Lanka. So I, do, I don't think that that, is necessarily something that um, is thought of as being, you know, a rash shot. Um, what I will say is that it's several players played it too early in their innings uh, without having had a look at Bess, uh, particularly in that first inning. So that is where I mean, you can be crucial. You know, he's had one ball. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, just, just seen one and just thought, you know what, I'm going to go straight for the reverse. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I'm not... I'm I'm chilled about the reverse sweep as long as it's used responsibly. Um, it can be a really, really productive shot. It also can do things like force a spinner to change the field, force a spinner to uh, change their length. Um, people, players use it for specific reasons because they want, you know, once if they start feeling uncomfortable against a spinner, a reverse sweep is a legitimate way in which to make the spinner bowl the lengths and lines you want them to bowl, bowl at you again. And many players think like that, so it's uh, it's it's an interesting one. I I wouldn't. I'm. It's not something that I'm very cussed about. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that for what it's worth. It, there's nothing the matter with playing the shot. It's uh, you know, it's a tool in the armory. It's got to be there, but um, you've got to not play it badly. Uh, and so the, so the first one, you can kind of see what Pereira is trying to do, but it there, you know, there was a first slip there. I mean, it's not like he saw a hole in the field. I just think he was trying to be positive. And I can't remember who finished off the innings. The last one, so it'd been a tail ender. Was it, it was the other Pereira? I can't remember who it was. Um, he didn't get down in position at all. He just played it exceedingly poorly. So nothing wrong with a shot, but you've got to play it well. It's equally, we're not saying to Dick Weller, are we? Don't play the cut. Just don't play it rubbish. <laughs> I mean, he could have cut it literally. There, there are so many places where he could hit it, but he just hit it straight to the field. Yeah, it was just, it was just execution. Yeah, no, that was proper club cricket, wasn't it? Quite low-level club cricket at that. Um, we did see Joe Root pull out the reverse sweep occasionally, but his innings was was more 
uh, based around orthodox sweeping and and boy did he like to to play that shot um to just to, to we've we've talked about Sri Lanka's um blooper in the first innings but England obviously had to then capitalize on it um and George I mean Root has talked a lot in the build up to this series about kind of what um what the challenges ahead for this year he's, he's just turned 30 he's approaching 100 tests um he went past 8000 test runs in this innings um and there are you know, a whole slew of other stats about um going on to that double 100 um uh, this i mean th- this was a, a, you know a quality knock it was it was masterful it was masterful uh i think one of the encouraging things was that it was the first innings of a series, so it was there when everything was to be defined. When, um, yeah, when the, when the contest is maybe at its most intense, and he hasn't done that for a while. Uh, he's he's you know, we know that he's a terrifically talented player, and, and we know that basically whatever happens, there's a there's a case to suggest he's England's best ever all format player. Um. Uh, but he hasn't, you know, he's been under par for for a while, for a couple of years, I think. And I think that's largely because of the burden that's upon him with captaincy. And, and let's not, it's the wrong thing to call it a burden, but let's not forget that he's a, a, a parent of two young kids as well. That's it's hard. It's tiring. So there's there's a lot on his shoulders. And um, I, I think it's relevant that he had quite a lot of time off going into this innings. There, there was maybe I don't know if he's talked about this. I, th- I thought there was one technical thing. I thought in the summer in England, rather, he was just going back rather than back and across. And I thought in this innings he went back and across. I thought that that was a bit different. Uh, but the uh, he picked up length absolutely magnificently, uh, and he played spin in a way that English batsmen, you know, don't really, uh, haven't historically. I thought it was a masterful innings, but we have to be aware that um, there are much, much sterner tests to come. Because I thought Pereira, the offy bowled uh, really poorly in the first innings, so there was there wasn't much pressure built. But yeah, it was it was a masterclass, and um, he looked technically competent. No more than that, better than that, he, uh, and he looked really hungry. And those are two things which he, you know, maybe has struggled with a bit. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a tone setting innings uh, from the captain on the first um, uh, inning outing of the tour. Six tests in the subcontinent, um, obviously to come, or, or five more to come. Um, Fidel, you wrote about kind of the pressures, uh, and I'll do some air quotes there of being uh, England captain. Um, I mean, he's uh, he's scored hundreds uh, in Sri Lanka before. He scored eight hundred on the last tour. Uh, you were there in Palakele for that. Um, and, and I think you pointed out he, that Sri Lanka is the country he averages the most in. I presume that still stands despite the comedy run out uh, in the second innings. Um, but yeah, what, what was it that, um, that struck you most about um, his batting? I, th- I think Root is just really fun to watch, but, you know, playing in these kinds of like very un-English conditions uh, and the manner in which he just keeps, just keeps himself moving he never just there is there was never a point in all across the 228 where you thought he's getting bogged down and and as soon as a, a, a bowler bowled a good over at him he would then come back take uh, the next over he would kind of try something different and uh, it might be you know slightly opening himself up his stance up so he can hit through the offside a little bit more um, it might be you know playing a, a sweep to a ball that he might not sweep in the in the previous over he just took small calculated risks at every kind of moment where Sri Lanka were even beginning to put pressure on him. And he just, he was just something, he didn't hit a lot of boundaries in that innings. Uh, but he, it was, it was just kind of like there was a little, there was a tempo about it that made it very watchable. Um, it was not quite as fun as probably that Palakali innings where he was, um, which was really, really um, kind of attractive. I think that was right in the in the Trevor Bayliss days, and and uh, the, that whole ethos is kind of what defined that that series for England. Um, but it was still it was it was still like a, it's it's the kind of innings that like a very accomplished uh, South Asian batsman would play at home uh, because they they just know when to when to 
where where to kind of keep the spinners cornered um, and to take the the option of uh, of uh, you know settling into a rhythm against them away. Um, we've seen you know Mahela and Kumar do that, and Dilshan and and Pilan Samarira, all these players uh, who would just keep spinners at bay. And Root did that, I think, incredibly, incredibly well. Um, and it was for me the 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 most not just the best innings, but the most interesting and watchable innings of the of the test. Um, um George Root's record as captain now. Um, he has with with Vichy in this test. That's that's twenty four wins, um, level with Alistair Cook and Andrew Strauss, I think. But uh, it's just a couple behind um, Michael Vaughan. And he's got the highest win percentage since Mike Brearley. He, he had to do a, a, a fair bit of captaining as well in that in the second innings when when Sri Lanka were making it hard. Um, I mean, wh- where does where does he rank uh, for you in that sort of um, list? Because uh, it's interesting, he's he could actually still end this year equaling another record, a less a less wanted one, which would be most losses for an England captain, which is Alistair Cook currently with 22. Um, Root has 15, but there are, uh, what, 14 or 15 more tests to come for England uh, in, in 2021. Um, well, 16, into the, 16 into, I think. Yeah, yeah uh, I think you'd have to say that his <laughs> legacy is still to be defined. You'd, you'd have to say that because... You know, rightly or wrongly, England captains are still judged disproportionately on Ashes series. Uh, and the fact is, if he goes to India and wins there, which would be incredible, I mean, I don't think anyone's expected it, uh, but if he went to India and won there, and if he goes to Australia and wins there, then he's probably the best. Oh, genuinely, he's probably the best there's ever been for England. Well, yeah, he'd have a lot of things in his column, wouldn't he? In his re- <laughs> if he does that, his record is extraordinary. No, you got to say that those things are unlikely i mean india looks a lot tougher than australia right now and australia looks tough so yeah it's um you know it's, his legacy is yet to be decided if i were picking a side and they were both at their peak there's absolutely i mean i'd have him above really every day of the week there's no comparison a lot of the job as the captain is just to do your own individual job score lots of runs uh and uh you know really average 22 as test captain he also, his his record is, I'm not having to go up really here, although it sounds as if I am, uh, but his record is vastly distorted. I mean, his this aura has grown around him. And, you know, he he, he won the Ashes in Australia against a um, one of those series, I think England won 5-1, against a side that was basically an Australian second 11 uh, because of the World <coughs> Series stuff. And uh, he never... Boy, Graham Yallop, was that the one? Yeah, and he never came. Yeah, they still had good. They still Rodney Hogg was fantastic. I mean, they still <laughs> find players. Um, and then he never kept it against West Indies. So Ian Botham's record looks awful. I think he didn't win any of the ten or twelve tests. Was it he captained? But actually, they drew loads against West Indies. West Indies were crazy good. Uh, so how good is Root? What what what's the job of a captain? There are so many things. I think he's been really good in some ways. I think he's made the team more likeable. And you have to go back to 2013-14. They won an Ashes series in 2013 at home. 3-0, by the way. And no one seemed to like them. When they lost to Sri Lanka at Leeds, that may have been the low point. Uh, when actually, even the Sri Lankan players were turning on Root. Root was a bit of a crossroads, maybe, as a young guy at that career, at that time in his career. He's coming into yeah, the side. They were calling... This- no, they were calling him Ellen De- DeGeneres on that last day because they thought he, he looked a bit like DeGeneres. Well, he, he, uh, yeah, he does I, a little I, bit. That's yeah. using Shane Warne's material. That's yeah. Oh, that's, is it? Okay. that's pretty low. <laughs> yeah, but but England England played a, a style of cricket there that was uh, both uh, quite attritional and abrasive, and um, and they I don't know you know there was that incident maybe at Trent Bridge. Jadeja vu, as we like to call it. Uh, England's reputation in the eyes of the rest of the world, and even in England, I don't think was terribly high. And I think Joe Root and Co have played a huge role in in improving that. I thought captaining at times has been impossible. 
I mean, how do you captain Don Best at times when he bowls like that? <laughs> really hard. But he didn't just, he didn't captain him like Cook did Kerrigan, which is basically say, yeah, cheers, mate, and banish him. I mean, the circumstances were different, of course. <coughs> but he, he sort of nursed him through it and Leach. And they, he got to the end of the game with them both having taken improvements in confidence. I think there's a lot to like in Joe Root. I've, I've no idea who else would and could do that job. I think it's a shame that it's diminished his uh, personal returns, which I think it undoubtedly has. But, you know, it's a team game and he's willing to take that. I don't know. As I say, I don't know who else would and could do it. I think there's an awful lot to like. And I think um, not that Deserve's got a whole lot to do with it, but I think he deserves to be remembered quite fondly. But as I say again, he's got the toughest of years coming up. And, um, yeah, he'll need to bring it all together. Look. The good thing is, if England are going to succeed in India and Australia, uh, or do themselves justice, he will have to score a lot of runs. And he started in the best possible fashion. That's very, very important for him and, um, you know, a tick in the box. Uh, Come on then, Fidel, on the subject of how likeable England are now. um, Tell us about... Dan Lawrence, the uh, the debutant, how how you felt he went he, at seventy three on his first Test bat. He he put on one hundred and seventy three with Root, and it was you know that partnership. Well, Root and Besto, and then Root and Lawrence, which really kind of shut the door on on Sri Lanka. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little bit uh, not critical exactly, but I'm going to kind of maybe I I know that whenever a new player comes in. Uh, there's all this excitement, uh, and there's all there's always, especially when they do away do well away from home on kind of conditions as as hostile as at goal. Um, I thought Sri Lanka allowed him to start um, really well and didn't bowl well at him for the first kind yeah. of thirty forty balls he bowled weren't very good. He got a few freebies. Uh, that one bowl, yeah, he he got he got. Um, I don't think like if say a Ranganaherath or um, or a more proficient spinner. I mean. It's crazy that you know Ambuldenia, who has who hasn't played more than you know ten tests or maybe less than twelve tests so far, was the best spinner, and Dilruan Pereira, who should be much more um, much more experienced and, and much more proficient, wasn't was far from his best in this game. So there's uh, and one of the strongest playing his third test. So Sri Lanka spin attack just was not like in in good shape in that first innings, particularly. Um, and they weren't able to sustain the kind of intense pressure that you should be able to sustain as a, as a, as a Sri Lankan spin attack. And I think they bowled particularly badly at Lawrence in that first you know, 30, 40 balls. So that, that, I think, is the big, big kind of caveat that you have to put into Lawrence's performance. Yes, he seemed to have all the shots. Yes, he seemed to have a very solid defense. Um, but I'm, I'm waiting to see if, if he can do it again in the next test and I'm sure he'll be picked into India um, and how he goes there I'm kind of reserving judgment right now because I don't think what we saw from Sri Lanka was uh, was you know con- uh, comprised what is you know a substantial test of a, of a new player um, George you can obviously only play what's uh, in front of you but I mean particularly um, the second innings when it was all threatening to go a bit pear-shaped, 14 for three. Um, he, he came out and was, you know, jointly responsible with Bairstow for just calming things down again and ended up unbeaten at the end. But, um, I mean, lots to, lots to like about um, that debut, apart from the drop catch on the first day. Yeah. He looked as if he relished it. I think that's important. You know, Fidel's right. It, 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 they they didn't bow well to him. Uh, he 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 did have some advantages there, but he took them. And I, as I say, he he looked as if he had all the raw materials, and he looked as if he had the temperament. It will help too that he succeeded in his first game. Uh, I'm sure he'll take confidence from that. It will help him settle in, prove himself to his peers, and all the rest of it. Uh, yeah, basically, he's. It's a really really impressive. Uh, debut, but there was an England player who made a very impressive debut at that last goal test, you know, a couple of years ago. Ben Folks, and you know, he's now carrying drinks. So, uh, but but a, a good start. You couldn't really realistically ask for a lot more. Indeed, um, the the second innings, Sri Lanka's second innings, 
made a game of it. Uh, England England had to work in the end for to you know to um, get what they came for. Um, Fidel, what what was the change in approach um, second time round? Were, were, were Sri Lanka on the the receiving end of a rocket from uh, Mickey Arthur and Grant Flower? Um, and and how important is that innings? for the rest of the series as you say I mean there's only one more test but uh, they can now approach that with a bit more confidence you know if we're going to prepare a spinning pitch then they showed they know how to play on those yeah I mean I I think yeah I think they would have had the way Mickey Arthur described it was like a a hard conversation at the end of that first day Um, and you should have you know the hardest conversation possible uh, (laughs) after after an innings like that um I think it was kind of like some players will see it as kind of a reversion back to normal. They'll see someone like a Matthews will will think, look, that first innings wasn't us. This is how I bat at goal. This is how I play. This is what is normal for me. And I thought Matthews batted especially well. Tirimana getting 100 um, was, you know, fantastic to see because I think we know now that there's just, uh, we're, Tirimana's just a fixture in the team and you can't really do anything about it. So he may as well score runs. Um, and so it's, it was nice to see him, to see him kind of live up to some of the potential. It's easy to see why he gets picked, by the way, because he's, he's, he's such a mature and kind of seems like a reliable and, you know, decent person to have around the dressing room. I think a lot of coaches and selectors like, really like that maturity about him. Um, but you have to say his, his test figure, even now, even after that 100, are still appalling for a player who's played that many matches. Um, but but if he's there, it's really nice to see him get that hundred. He's he's done well at goal. Um, you know his his previous hundred was also at goal, and in the last Test match at goal, he got a good uh, second innings half century that you know helps Sri Lanka get to a win. Um, so it's he he kind of fulfilled some of those uh, those hopes. He kind of lived up to some of the potential that people have historically and still see in him. Um, I, I think it was just. It was just, you know, Sri Lanka kind of regaining a sense of themselves. Um, and I think going into the second match, I think you'll see better batting, or at least I hope you won't see anything on the level of that first innings. Um, I think it'll Sri Lanka will put up more of a fight with the bat. Yeah, the, the, the way they... Um played that second time round it made the pitch look different uh, in in that um, you know when England got to bat on it again it clearly was very tricky um and 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 it had been spinning from day 1 but um i mean george we talked a little bit about how getting those overs in um will be important for uh, england's two spinners and and it showed the sort of levels of consistency they are going to need both in this next test and then um, in India, what what did you make of um, kind of the attack as a whole, um, and, and sort of Joe Root's use of, let's say, Mark Wood, who who you know did what was asked of him, bowled short spells, hit ninety miles an hour regularly, um, didn't have any wickets to show for it, um, but and and might well not play the next test just because of uh, you know. Uh, reasons like protecting his fitness um but yeah we, 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 where how do you think they all shaped up well i'm going to say he bowled up to 150 k's an hour because i know that <laughs> fidel doesn't like it when we use <laughs> these uh, imperialist measures so anyway he, i thought would actually for example would had a really good game i i thought again you've got to laugh at the stats it says he didn't take a wicket but he played his role in a team game I thought you could argue that he unsettled Matthews in the first innings. I think he hit him, didn't he? Uh, He bowled a terrific pace. Uh, Didn't get a lot of movement, uh, but, um, Mm. you know, uh, maybe there wasn't a lot to get. And obviously Stuart Broad was immaculate. Um, I honestly thought in the first few overs of the game, (laughs) Stuart Broad was in real trouble. Because the ball was going through absolutely straight. There was not a scintilla of movement, and he looked, um, you know, medium fast, fast medium, whatever. He, it, it didn't look as if there was anything there for him, but he's he's just become, he's just improved so much as perhaps his uh, physicality may have diminished a little bit. I don't think he can bowl like he maybe bowled ten years ago at that pace uh, necessarily, but he's learned so much that you've got to admire that, and um, you can't really say 
Is it fortunate to get, was it Thiramani who got, yeah, caught off the hip, sort of leg gully? I mean, they're bowling for it, aren't they? So is it lucky? I don't know. It's, it was obliging of the batsman to play it. Uh, and then the, the, the little cutter um, that got Mendes caught behind. Uh, that, that's beautiful bowling. Uh, and these are skills that he probably didn't have a few years ago. So uh, I thought England seemed... Uh, Curran got a couple of wickets with um, with balls that weren't much better, to be fair. The Besses, there was one cut shot, wasn't there, that was uh, caught on the sort of backward point boundary. I guess if you put a backward point on the boundary and you bowl the yard outside off stump, you're kind of going for that uh, slice top edge. I thought they played their role and they um, the seamers really, really helped the spinners out of jail. Uh, and they're really lucky to have that. Root is really lucky to have that. There was a session on the fourth day, after lunch on the fourth day, where Sri Lanka had had by far the best of the morning. And Broad, I think, bowled four maidens out of five. Then Wood came on and conceded six runs in five overs, something like that. And they just they just dragged the control back. And when you've got a side that likes to score as much as Sri Lanka does, that, that's always going to be relevant. It's always going to put them under a wee bit of pressure in the, in the modern game. So I thought they combined to do a job. But you'd be it'd be disingenuous to pretend that uh, England spinners will get away with bowling like that against better opposition or opposition who do a, give a better account of themselves. Uh, one thing about England's performance in the field, George, uh, particularly notable, was Joss Butler's um, keeping. Uh, he was he was close to immaculate. He performed um, a successful stumping for the first time in tests, and and he I mean he pretty much lived up to all the faith that Root and, and Chris Silver would have shown in him. Yeah, he did. I thought he maybe had his best game with the gloves. It's really tough at times, isn't it? Um, there were balls, you know, jumping to sort of shoulder height. He had two spinners who weren't massively consistent. Um, you know, I had said that I wouldn't have picked him and he went a long way towards proving me wrong. I mean, it doesn't sh- prove everything because obviously you've got to do it consistently for a period. But I thought he, he answered every question, really, you could have of him. And it, uh, yeah, you're right. It It does justify... Uh, the faith of the selectors and the management and also shows the hard work he's put in with the wicket-keeping coaches. So he deserves a huge amount of credit. So, you, you know, if those of us who have criticised him have to say he did really, really well. And it wasn't just the stumping. It was a lot of the sort of bread-and-butter takes that maybe uh, would never make it into a highlights package. I, I know there was a sort of misstumping, but it was desperately tough. Um, so I wouldn't hold that against him at all. Look, I thought he was terrific and he looked a lot better than his shrunken counterpart, Dick Weller, Dick Unweller, as he should maybe be called. Uh, he, he looked um, he looked at a different league, and that's, um, yeah, I've got nothing but uh, credit to give to him. When Dick Wellerman comes to the party, uh, we'll all know about it. I mean, Fidel, he, uh, Joss Butler's got to work on his excessive appealing, surely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Dick Weller's appeal game is... I mean, look, he's just one of those players... That he just loves, loves cricket, doesn't he? He loves life. He, he doesn't just love life. He just loves everything. I mean, he's just an agent of pure chaos. And it's a player that I really wish would do well because I think <laughs> Test Cricket needs him, needs him in it. Needs the Dequella doing stupid stuff like missing, missing, uh, missing a high five and slapping his, uh, his teammate in the face, which is genuinely the best thing that happened in this test. I don't care about Ruth's double hundred or, uh, or you know, Jack Leach's bowling. Uh, Dequella slapping one in the Hustrung in the face was the most hilarious thing. I watched that clip about sixty times now. Um, but I mean, you can't excuse his keeping. He's supposed to be. Uh, Mickey Arthur believes that he's probably the best keeper in the country. I'm not so sure. I think uh, Sri Lanka could try Chandimal behind the behind the stumps again, uh, and you know have Chandimal batting a little bit lower down, so you were able to play someone like a Russian Silva in the top order. Dickwell's uh, keeping just has not. Um, there was there were several missed opportunities. I mean, I think uh, I think Dan Lawrence was was missed in the first innings. Um, some outside edges that weren't snaffled. Um, it's just not... And, and also, he's also someone who's extremely un- unreliable when it comes to DRS. His uh, DRS decision-making is horrific. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's incredible how often he's wrong. 
because yeah. it's not I, just he, that he he he. It's not just that he wants to use it all the time when it's clearly not out. It's that he misses it when it is out. Yeah, I his DRS decision making is is awful, and I think Sri Lanka could do with just. They've had him as a test keeper for a long time. He's, I think, uh, the, at the moment, the the player with the third highest kind of run tally without a test hundred uh, ever in the history of the game. So it's not like he's kind of blowing you apart, blowing you away with the bat. I think it's maybe time for for him to get a rest. I think he, there's still a place for him in uh, in T Twenty cricket, but Sri Lanka have got to try something else now on the on the keeping front because you can't have. Even the last time England came, Dickweller's missed opportunities were kind of really costing them. Uh, his inability to kind of judge a, a good DRS uh, uh, review was costing them, and it's continuing to cost them. So I think it's they've, they've got to come up with some fresh thinking there. Presumably, he's sort of still um, likely to be behind the stumps for the second test. But what about? Um, I mean, you've mentioned the option of Chanabal. What about the other selection issues for for Mickey Arthur um, Karuna Ratney's fitness? Um, it, I mean, Kushal Mendes has been under a lot of pressure. Um, can you see them? I mean, Hasaranga's eye injury caused by Dick Well. <laughs> what what uh, changes might they make? Yeah, so I mean, I think we've we've just had news come in that uh, five players have been um, have been let go from the squad and allowed to leave. So that's uh, Kusal Mendes is is definitely not going to play. He's been released from the squad. Nuan Pradeep uh, is who wasn't probably wasn't going to play anyway. Uh, is out. Minod Banuka, who's the kind of reserve uh, wicketkeeper, <coughs> and Lahiru Kumara, who's the you know the the, the fast bowler there. So they're all out. Uh, Lahu Kumara possibly because of, of injury reasons he possibly hasn't recovered from I think it was a groin in- injury that he sustained in, in South Africa so um, so that kind of makes the the um, I, I expect maybe a Roshan Silva will come into the top order in place of Kusal Mendis um, but otherwise the top order will kind of roughly stay the same Dimit Karanatna obviously is out he's not going to be able to recover in time for the um, for the for the test match um, at one kind of strange decision in this test was uh, Asita Fernando, who's kind of the most inexperienced of Sri Lanka's quicks. He did bowl okay in that in that first innings, got two for forty four. But uh, but I think I would prefer to see maybe a Vishwa Fernando or maybe even a Dushmanta Chamira, who's you know the fastest of Sri Lanka's kind of remaining quicks in that uh, in that squad. So perhaps we'll have um, one or two changes there. I think they'll probably stick with Bilderman Pereira and hope that his, his experience comes through and he'll have a better test in the second innings. And Buldenia is obviously going to stay. One in the Hasaranga, I think they'll like enough just because he bats a bit as well. So I think maybe I foresee one, maximum two changes uh, for the next test. Tough to be a, a leggy when you've been bowled out for 135 in the first innings and then are defending a target of uh, 74 in the second. Um George, what about England? I mean, we've talked before about likelihood of rest and rotation on the on the subcontinent. Um, James Anderson obviously left out in that first test with Stuart Broad preferred. Mark Wood doesn't often do back to back these days. Ollie Stone's in the squad as well, uh, um, and we've discussed Moeen. But um, I mean, you'd expect they'll they'll make a change or two. I would, um, but again, it's very hard to tell without being there. But uh, yeah, Anderson for Broad, maybe Stone for Wood. That wouldn't surprise me, certainly. But I thought Broad did so well that I'd be tempted to play him again. Who knows what it's taken out of him. I don't think it was as hot as it sometimes has been in the past. And they're they're all very fit. But look, it's very hard to make that call without, you know, the data. I think uh, long term the the plan was to bring in to, to change the seamers and current I think will remain as the as the all rounder because you do have a wee bit of a tail there. There's still an opportunity for Sri Lanka. I don't think anyone would be absolutely. I mean, England have won five in a row in Sri Lanka, which is, I mean, seems unimaginable really. But I, I, there's definitely hope for Sri Lanka to get back in there. It it is a really impressive. That was a really impressive win for England. Bearing in mind. There's quite a lot of first-choice players not in that side. You know, if everyone had been available, Stokes plays, Archer plays, Moeen plays and Burns plays. 
So, you know, there's a, there was a lot going on there. Wokes as a shout, you know, just because of the all-round ability. You could, I guess, replace Curran with Wokes. Yes, I mean, he, he was obviously uh, lacking a gallop, wasn't he, after um, having to isolate at the start of the tour. Uh, I just want to read out Broad's match figures, actually, as I'd, I'd written them down earlier. Uh, 26 overs, 14 maidens, 34 runs, 3 wickets. Uh, um, uh, and four of, those runs, four of those runs conceded by a fielding error from Don Bess. Uh, <laughs> it was immaculate. That bowling, it, incredible. Stuff, yeah. um, Fidel, just the last word to you. I don't think... It, a visiting team, no, no visiting team has won three tests in Gaul. So, uh, time to stand up, eh? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it is. It used to be Sri Lanka's fortress. Um, it isn't anymore. Clearly, um, I think I, I do think that Sri Lanka will probably, especially the batting, I expect will be a lot better um, in in the second innings. I think they're not being helped by some strange selections um, and kind of a lack of continuity but I, I think I, I expect a, a better fight from Sri Lanka in the second test Right well, uh, well we, hope, we hope for that that probably covers us this week um, do England have the gall to do it all again and make it a hat-trick of wins in Sri Lanka's former stronghold or will the host stop doling out favours and show some fortitude we'll be back to find out soon as well as preview the India series but for now my thanks to George and Fidel and to Rob and to you all for tuning in this has been the Switch It Podcast brought to you by ESPN for Info.com.